Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you all are joining us. Trey Varno, Mike Trago, Chase Hoyt, all of you that are joining us, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Do us a favor and hit that like and hit that share. Above me, my man, Daniel Dees from the Dad Network is back. Daniel, what's happening? Not much, man. Ready to talk some UFC 249 predictions. We were having live sports finally. Dude, I told my wife, and I'm about to get to something, but I just told my wife that post 7 o'clock, no one talks to me other than my son. On the face of the planet, because we have live sports back. And guys, below me, the one, the only, Doobie Lane. Doobie, what's happening, my man? Relaxing, man. Relaxing. Let's get okay, into so it. everyone that is joining us, you've all been asking me, who is Doobie Lane? There he is, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Doobie Lane, the guy that makes everything go. Look, if if I didn't have Doobie, all shit would break the <laughs> would hit the fan. Doobie Lane, we gr- greatly, greatly appreciate it. He's back on the one to twos. He's going to be joining us as well. But guys, tonight's video and tonight's live stream is sponsored by no other than GM Varno and Sons, who has been faithfully serving the Baton Rouge and Denham Springs area for over sixty two years. Trey Varno, I know you're in here. You gotta give my guy a call. They do everything. Automotive big rig needs. Highly trained technicians. Your engine light comes on, go give them a holler. You need a drivetrain repair? Give them a holler. AC work, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, oil changes, tire repairs. I saw that they had they were doing a lift kit today. Trey Varnado out there making stuff happen. GM Varnado and Sons are very, very trusted people. We greatly appreciate them. Call them today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. And, guys, I want to, I ask for a very, very big favor. Give them a like and follow on Facebook at well at GM Varnado and Sons at Denim Springs Car Care. You can find them there. I greatly appreciate them joining. Mr. GM and Trey are such great, great people. I can't – look, if my car had it in need, I'm going to Varnado's. Ain't no question. So, guys, Trey Varnado's in here. Appreciate it, my dude. No, you, my dude. I appreciate it. So, Daniel, Doobie, UFC 249. So, I'm going to go ahead and start it off. I get Daniel, should we start at the prelims? Uh, yeah, let's go early prelims, actually. Okay. So, listen, we talked before, before okay, who we thought that we're keeping our eye on. So talk about the early. Well, let's back up. Let's back up. I should back up because everyone's going to be like, who's Daniel D from dad network. And why is he so UFC? So Daniel D's pretty much threw me on the UFC. Daniel D's is very trained, very skilled and knows exactly what he's doing and what he's talking about when it comes to mixed martial arts. So Daniel early per- prelims, who you watching, who you ready to watch and who is going to make the biggest impact. I'm ready to see Bryce Mitchell. He's going to be fighting second. But who's fighting first? I'm also looking at Ryan Spann versus Sam Alvey. Me too. Ryan, I, yeah, Ryan Spann, like, he was on Dana White's Contender Series twice. He lost the first time, but he came back one the second time, got his contract. And then he's been on a tear ever since. Like, he knocked out Hajario Noguera, uh, Big Nog's little brother, Little Nog, knocked right. him out cold. I mean, he's going to turn and some he heads went- on 
and he went straight limp. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. straight limp. But Sam Alvey's no joke either. I mean, the dude's been around forever. Bellator vet. He has his own little highlight reel of knockouts. I mean, that's going to be a banger just to start off everything. Why sports back and we're getting two guys who are be headhunting. Well, look, here's what, and, and guys that are watching, the what I want to say about the early prelims is not a lot of people, I mean, some people tune in. I mean, the UFC faithful and most people tune in. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of people, Daniel, that tune in for the first time because it's the first time that we have live sports back, right? I mean, everyone can watch Korean baseball for for so long before they're ready to see something happen. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something that I think that Ryan Spann, honestly, is someone that I'm going to watch out for. Now, Ryan, I, I feel like he, and correct me if I'm wrong here, he's very tactical in, in what he does. Like, it feels like he's setting up stuff the entire fight to take someone out. Am, am I wrong there? And he's going against a very, a very skilled fighter in Sam Alvey, but... I feel like Ryan Spann is going to be another guy that we look at and be like, bro, that dude, that dude's going to make some, some waves. Am, am I right or wrong there? You're right. I mean, he's fighting out of a uh, team Fortis. I mean, that's in Beaumont, Texas. That's a gym that's going to be on the come up very soon. They've got a lot of prospects in there in the lower promotions, but they're going to make their way to the UFC. I mean, that's a gym that everybody needs to be on the lookout for. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something. Now, I do have some connections in Lafayette. Hashtag, we got Doobie Lane back. Doobie, you can say something, but I got some connections out there in Lafayette. And I was told, I was told by someone at the gym out there in Lafayette, hashtag Dan Cormier, not him, but someone who's in that vicinity says, watch out for a guy named Nico Price. Now, it was very interesting to me that they said, watch out for Nico Price, because honestly, Daniel, I never really heard of him. Okay, so who is Nico Price and why so many? And it's not just Daniel Cormier who kind of mentioned it. It's not just Ariel Hawani who mentioned it. But it's been a couple of people who have said Nico is a, a, a trained assassin, as some words have been used. Who's Nico Price? Um, if you just YouTube Nico Price, the first thing you're going to see that comes up is going to be obviously that up kick that he just took James Vick out of. James Vick has been on a lot of people's radar. Of course, he fell out of the radar, but at that time, everybody thought, well, he's going to be able to come up in the lightweight division. Well, he put Nico on his back, tried to go down with Nico, but before he could, he was seeing stars. That up kick came out of nowhere. I mean, he also knocked out Tim Means. When he, I mean, that was years ago, but still, Tim Means has a good chin on him. The guy's tough as nails. But Nico Price, he's had his bad luck. I mean, he's been knocked out by a guy I've never even heard of and he's been stopped by Jeff Neal, but he is somebody to look at, but I got a bad feeling about his night tomorrow night. Cause he's going up against Vicente Luke guys, a hoss. The guy's just going to come out there. He's going to try to take away Nico's prices. soul. well, and that's what they said is that this would be the biggest test for him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, listen, Everyone that's joining us on Facebook, Mike Bazile, as you can see on the bottom, Mike Bazile, financial advisor. What's going on, my man? Colin Thibodeau, the man, the myth, the legend is back. Of course, you have connections. And yes, it is D.C. Colin, don't tell people. Don't tell people that 
you saw me at a bar with some of the connections with DC out there in Lafayette. I told you just because you're in Brobridge does not give you the right to tell people my connections with people. So what? I live next door to Cocho. Anyways, <laughs> Stephen Miller, what's going on? My man, Stanley Polky. My man's about to get married. What's going on, Stan? We greatly appreciate you guys joining. Go ahead and hit that like and hit that share. We greatly appreciate it. Now, Daniel, the early prelims, I, I kind of feel like, and this is where we're going to end it with the early prelims, but I feel like, man, all those guys are out there to prove something. And really, there's going to be odds and there's going to be favors. But Charles Rosa is someone that I'm going to be also interested in because of the fact of the experience and the team that he's with. Charles Rosa versus Bryce Mitchell, who Bryce Mitchell is also a beast. What do you think about that fight? Because to be honest, and I was listening to Joe Rogan earlier in the earlier in the week, and he was talking about Bryce Mitchell. What do you think about that fight? And we're going to get to the interest, interesting stuff after that. Yeah, Charles Rosa. I mean, he's coming out of American type top team. I mean, he's a black belt under Ricardo Libero. He's a great fighter. He's a he's a tough fight for Bryce Mitchell. But as I was telling you before we got on, Bryce Mitchell has star written all over him. He's just got that it factor. He's like one of those singers you see on American Idol during the audition. You see them sing, you're like, they got it. They're going to go far. That's what I see with Bryce Mitchell. So the guy like, just has it. So he's like a Kelly Clarkson when it comes to oh yeah that yeah. singing game. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Now, does it concern you a little bit now? Charles Rosa came in at 146, and I know that Bryce Mitchell came in at 145, but it, it often tells me something, and I know that we're going through the COVID-19 stuff, but a guy that, and I, I went back and I did a crap ton of research on Rosa, who struggles with some some weight issues, mm-hmm. do, do you always, do you feel like when a guy comes in a little overweight and they still have the fight that he's more to, at an advantage at times. Am I, am I the only person in America that feels like the heavier guy always feels and seems to have that little bit of advantage? I mean, that depends. Usually when these guys miss weight, it's after they've drained their body completely and they've done it again on a second attempt. Sometimes they, it's puts them at a disadvantage, but it depends on how seriously they took that weight cut. Like, there's a guy on the main card, Jeremy Stevens. I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Stevens, but he didn't even try to make that second weight. He just came in 150 and a half and was like, F it. I'm just going to come in like this. So, yeah, he's at an advantage. Whereas Rosa, I mean, he's probably coming at a disadvantage because he tried to get that weight because he didn't want that purse cut. So, his body is probably more drained. I can see that. I can see that. Well, and I always ask that question, Daniel, and I've asked you this question so many times about that about the guys that are coming a little bit over. And, you know, even Daniel talked – I mean, Daniel. Even Dana talked about it today that, look, some of these guys we were kind of in limbo with, especially in the early prelims. And he, he didn't really mention a guy like Charles Rosa, but he was like, look, man, if a guy works around at 155, 160, and I called him two weeks before saying this is going to happen at this date, and we're still not sure. I mean, shit, Daniel. 15 pounds, 10 pounds in a week – is unbelievable now i get that they can do it with water weight and stuff but but still like i agree with you i think that the draining part of that is a big deal right oh absolutely yeah i mean just imagine 
being so overheated and your body can't even produce sweat anymore because you drained it all out of you. I mean, that's happened in fights many times. Colin Thibodeau on Facebook says, you freaking crazy boy. No, I'm not. I mean, it's the one, it's what you say. Everyone that's joined us, hit that like and hit that share. We greatly appreciate hey. it. Go ahead. Doobie. Yeah, I was going it, to, it's, it's on topic, but it's off topic about fighting. I don't okay. know about y'all, but how amazing would it be if Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield had a fight? Like, well, if Mike you're talking Tyson, about fighting, that's like, that's running through my head right now. That you Well, know, Mike Tyson took a fight. Yeah, I know it's a charity, but I'm saying like. No, Evander he took Holy a fight with, who was it? Stevenson, it's a somebody. rugby player. It's a rugby yeah. player from like, like. Right, he took a fight. Well, and it's bare knuckles, isn't it, Daniel? I don't know if it's bare knuckles. I know bare knuckle FC offered him a huge contract. To, well, they took it. Here. I mean, when we were right when we were coming on, I saw on Facebook that they said that they took it. Doobie, to your point though, I mean, Dude. did you see the before and after from yes. a year ago from Mike Tyson? He's my shredded. Do- my dog is shredded. And dude, Holyfield's training. That's why, like, people. Dude, I, I wonder if it gets to the point if if enough people start requesting and or you know how much it, it, i think it would be maybe the biggest pay-per-view boxing fight in history if those I, two I, got in a ring mm-mm. it'd be mm. 2021 you don't think so i don't, I don't think, think it so. yeah i don't think it beats tyson and tyson wilder i don't think it beats connor i don't think it beats connor mayweather i don't Dude, think it beats. I, I don't know with the, like sports just being non-existent I mean, he has a point, but and, and we're going to talk about this later. But then Conor McGregor came out and said that he was going to take he accepted a fight with Oscar De La Hoya. Now, I Whoa. think that now, Daniel, you're going to call me crazy here. You're going to call me crazy. OK. All right. No, but, you're going to say and you crazy. No, you don't know what I'm about to say. <laughs> and we talked about this, but. If let's just say and I know that you said that 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 Dana would give him the purse talking about Connor. Okay. Brother, he don't control that man. And if it comes to a point where they say a hundred million dollars is on the line and and Zuma boxing again gets another part of that hundred million, you're gonna sit here and tell me that Dana doesn't take the hundred million after COVID nineteen epidemic? I don't think he will. Uh, Dana is a pride. Dana is a prideful dude. Everybody who has worked with him will tell you that he will cut off his nose to spite his face. And I'll t- like I told you the other day, he will literally cut off his nose if it meant he did not have to work at with the Oscar negotiation table with Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, he absolutely detests Oscar De La Hoya. Well, now I can see that. I can see that. Okay, but what I do think is is that. Dana's a good businessman, and what I do know from what I researched is that the UFC also has lost approximately close to around fifty million. Okay, mm-hmm. so when you have a guy that's lost close to fifty million, I think that anything's on the table. Now, I agree with you too that Dana comes to a point where he sits here and he's going to say, "Look, listen." I'm not going to do this with Oscar, and I hate him. But he also said a lot of times where he hated the Mayweather team. It's not the same, and I get that. But 
I think it's interesting. I think it's very interesting to see what's going to happen with that all playing out. But Doobie, you bring up a very good point with all these guys coming out. Did y'all see that uh, Evander Holyfield couldn't put on a a um, a mask, a COVID nineteen mask, because he had his ear bitten off? Did y'all see that? Mean? <laughs> no, look, I mean, it was his own fault. That's that's actually well, uh, his opponent, uh, an Australian rugby player. Now, if you obviously, man, people are expecting this dude to just get slaughtered, but well, I mean, Tyson's uh, a lot older. I'm gonna be a dude, little. I'm gonna be a little honest with you. I don't really want to see that fight. I want to see Vander oh, Holyfield oh. and Mike Tyson fight in their fifties. I want to see. I, it. Not me. If Tyson's coming back, I want him to get in that bare knuckle ring against Shannon Briggs. I mean, he's under contract with bare knuckle. Now that's a fight I want to see. What well, was against Shannon Briggs? Wasn't it the contract that just came out was with Shannon Briggs? I don't think it was. I mean, I have to look more into that. I mean, I haven't been. Actually, I'm going to look it up now. Mike Tyson, Shannon Briggs. Okay, early reports are that a deal is done between Mike Tyson and Shannon Briggs to fight. Let's go. Let's go. Isn't quite yet complete. However, Tyson and Briggs have both agreed. What is not yet complete at this current moment is, and we all know this, is money. However, Mike Tyson said that he would give his to charity if Briggs would step in the ring. Also, Mike Tyson has been stated that he will... <laughs> serious? Are you serious? Serious, Clark? But that's what's going on. I mean, it was, hey, it was trending on my Twitter. It was trending on my Twitter earlier today, Mike Tyson and Shannon Briggs. So if Mike Tyson and Shannon Briggs are trending on my Twitter, then I think something's going on. I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, look, we're so far out on when it comes to stuff like that. Where would they host it? They got to get an undercard. You know, you know all that stuff. It takes more than just than just one fight that's going to get people going. Now, let's get back to the UFC 249. The man, the myth, the legend, Uriah Hall is back. Now, the last time we saw Uriah Hall was in Sacramento. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but it's in Sacramento, and he got a knockout. Now, Uriah Hall is on the plus side. He's pretty long in the tooth. I'm rooting for Uriah Hall. I'm <laughs> oh, running duty. They are going to see it. I, I love it. This is, this is a good one. Prince. But I, I, I really love Uriah Hall. Look at that Mike Tyson. Look at Mike Tyson with the wig on there. Jesus. Got it going, man. Got it going on. But tell us about Uriah Hall. What do you think about that fight? Man, Uriah Hall is a mystery. You don't know what Uriah Hall you're getting when that cage closes. He's lost some fights that he had no business losing. Uh, he's just the most frustrating fighter I've ever watched. I mean, because he's so talented. But he's the definition of paralysis by analysis. He, like, he hesitates. He's like he's trying to think about his next move instead of just doing it. And to correct you, he got his knockout two fights ago. But his last fight was against Antonio Carlos Jr., shoe face. You're right. And he lost, right. he lost that, I think, by a decision or a split decision. It was a close fight. But he's they. this is going to be the fight that makes or breaks him. Because he's well, going up against one of the holy trinity of MMA grappling against Jacare. Jacare is 
you could argue that he's the best grappler in MMA history. You can go him, Damian Meyer, Fabrice Silver Doom, but I think this is not going to be a good night for your Ryan Hall because you're getting right. You got your well, you got Jock Wright, who's a I think a four time Abu champion. So he's two and zero in his last fights, correct? Right, Hall. two and zero. Your Hall is yeah. Here's what I think, Daniel. Okay, I think that he was out of the ring for a while. I think that he was coaching a lot of good people. And I think that he was able to see it from a different side and a different side of things. I mm-hmm. saw it. I saw a different Uriah Hall than I've seen before. And the reason I say that, Daniel, is because when you coach someone, it's different than when you're on the mat. It's different when you're in that octagon. When you're coaching mm-hmm. someone and their lives are pretty much in your hands, it's a big deal, man. And so I think that where I agree with you wholeheartedly that Uriah Hall has been the most up and down fighter. What I also think too is, is, and you coach, you've coached, okay, is that when you coach different people, you're like, why can't you do this? And then you take yourself back to when you were there. I think with his age and his experience, I'm not going to say that it's, it's a, it's a, complete mismatch. What I am going to say is Uriah Hall and my boy Ronaldo came in at 186. You saw that? Yeah, I mean, it's a non-title fight, so they get the pound leeway. So if it's a non-title fight, they get that one pound. I get that, but when, I mean, does Uriah Hall usually fight at 185, or am I going crazy? Yeah, yeah, he's a 185. He's a middleweight. Okay, well, I thought that he usually fought at 170, so that's my fault. That's my fault. But Uriah Hall was a guy that when I first started watching you uh, MMA, that he was one of those fights or fighters on uh, the Contender Series. I think it was called Contender Series. Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate Fighter, thank you. That I just, I I, kind of dwore towards. Now, he's taking some ass whippings. He's taking some ass whippings. But I think Uriah Hall, I, I really like the guy. I hope that... He he does really well. Now, I'm not going to give you the cowboy yet. Let's go up. The women fighting, Carla and Michelle. Who you got there? And I think we're going to agree on this one. I mean, Michelle Watterson, she's on a tra- trajectory right now. She's doing, been very good her last few fights. But I'm thinking I'm going to take Carla Esparza here. I think this fight's going to favor her. She's a good grappler. Michelle Watterson, the karate hottie, her grappling is uh, very middle of the road. I think she's going to get grinded for all three rounds. Yeah, I think Carla, and we agreed, but I think Carla is going to make it a dirty, dirty fight. Right, mm-hmm. like she's gonna make it just so dirty where she's gonna just get inside, she's gonna grapple. You know who what I the last fight that I remember a woman's style that kind of did this was Holly Holm. You know, Holly Holm made that her last fight very dirty. You know, like she grappled a lot and she mm-hmm. did a lot of things. I feel like we're gonna see the same fight there. I think that Carla has something to prove too. I mean, you have Michelle who's coming up that Honestly, honestly, she is on an upper trajectory. And when you have a girl, uh, someone like Carla, who does not get talked about at all, 
I think that's going to be a big one. Now, look, we're going to go through these somewhat because I want to get to the main card, and we're going to focus a lot on here. But the last one in the prelims, get this. Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Anthony Pettis. Now, we're going to spend a little time here. Both fighters, Daniel, in my opinion, it's it's win or go home. And what I mean by that is, is both fighters are coming off of very just subpar performances. Donald's what lost three in a row now. Anthony yeah. Pettis has lost two in a row. Look, I feel like it's win or go home. And the reason that I feel that way is because both fighters have really just gotten beat the shit out of in these last two fights. So Donald Cerrone, Cowboy, I feel like wins this one because I feel like he would literally die in the ring. I don't I don't feel that with Pettis. I don't feel like Pettis would do every single thing that he had to do that that Cowboy will do. I want Cowboy to win. I think that he's coming off of what he said as the most embarrassing fight of my entire life against Conor McGregor. I want to watch this fight. I'm going to watch this fight. It's good to open up the main card. Who you got? I'm actually going to take Pettis. This is actually their second time fighting. First fight, Pettis connected that shin right into Donald Cerrone's gut. Cerrone dropped. That was it. And I think we're going to see something very similar. I think Pettis' striking is a very huge problem for Cerrone. Cerrone. Sorry has a great stand-up. Don't get me wrong. He's a great Muay Thai guy, but he's always been prone to the counter-strikers, and that's Anthony Pettis' best tool in his toolbox is his counter-striking and his kicks, and I think that's, I think we're going to see a repeat. I think we're going to see a kick to the body. That's it for Cerrone. Okay. Reading some of the comments, Stephen Jenkins, my man, says, slow down, Blake. I think he's talking about some, some of my early comments. Mike Bazile, which, you know what? We're going to go ahead and talk about Mike Bazile. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going about to get to the main card, so we're going to finish talking about this, but we're going to talk about the main card. Everybody needs to give my boy Mike Bazile, financial advisor, a phone call. For all things financial, financial planning, retirement planning, business planning, insurance planning, call Mike Bazile today. Look, if you live for it, you better plan for it. Call Mike Bazil today at 504-343-1576. It's 504-343-1576. Listen, I'm going to end it here, or end end it with this. Well, no, I'm not, because we're going to talk about this for a minute. It's interesting, Daniel, and you know this better than most, when you have a guy that has nothing, what does Cerrone have to lose? You know, like, I feel like this is his Craig Granger, what's going on, but I feel like this is one of his, like, hey, if I lose, I'm going home. I don't know if Pettis has that. So I know that I know that Cowboys took a lot of punishment, but you don't just have that in your gut that he just – He's got something he's got to prove more than what Pettis does, and he's going to come out guns blazing? I think he will, but like I said, it's just Pettis' counter-striking style that's going to pose a huge problem for Cerrone. That's been a problem for Cerrone his whole career is the counter-strikers. I get that. I think that. him going in there guns blazing would be the worst thing he could possibly do. <laughs> I... I don't know. You're probably right. I mean, you're probably right. 
I just want Cowboy. Here's what it is. I want Cowboy to win so bad. Oh, same here. I'm a huge Cowboy fan. I mean, the dude's been in some legendary fights. In my opinion, he's the greatest fighter to never hold the UFC strap. I just want to see him go one more run. I want. I know he has it in him. But I think without, this is just not his fight. Without a doubt. Doobie, what you thinking? I actually have been concentrating. Uh, if anybody was wondering why the YouTube feed is not live right now, we're actually having authentication issues with the server. So that's what I'm actually trying to get up and going at the time. Well, here's one thing that I've learned during COVID-19. and You guys need to get ready for that. Is that... They will not let a boy do this because they have so many people on these freaking on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. It's it's unreal. Yeah, it's, so. it's Twitter's great, Facebook's great, YouTube it's it's outputting, but it's it's like the authentication, which is a server issue on their side. So I'm trying to uh, reset it so anyone wanting to watch on YouTube can do so, and I'll let you know. Uh, when it's well, and going. if everyone wants to stay on Facebook, just oh, go yeah, ahead and stay yeah. on Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah. Daniel, I have someone on the Twitter machine who says this. He goes, and I'm quoting here, he goes, We understand that Pettis is a counter striker. However, he is a counter striker, but you see someone like a Nate Diaz who had a lot of power behind punches especially in that fight that Pettis was not able to come back from so I guess the question here is is that even though he's a counter striker and you're taking a lot of punishment does the power behind that mean more to a counter striker and could that be a huge be something huge in play there well from all my years of watching, just based off of what I've seen, like the biggest problem for a counter striker for Nate D, I mean for uh, Anthony Pettis is a volume puncher, and that's what Nate Diaz is. He's a volume puncher. He's a great boxer. He's someone you just can't take down when everything goes to shit. You just can't do that with Nate. So it's just as the old saying goes: styles make fights. If Cerrone comes out there with that high volume, which he's never shown before, I mean he's gonna have a short night. Adam Burroughs on Facebook Live says, hey, what sports did y'all need us to weigh in on? Adam, what do you think about UFC 249 that's going to be happening tomorrow? And what fighters are you taking? Now, we're talking about a lot of different things. We're talking about a lot of different fighters. We're talking about Donald Cowboy Cerrone and Anthony Pettis. Look, I just sometimes Daniel and you know this well about me more than most is that my heart is going to drive my picks at times and this is one of those and one of those fighters and one of those fights that's going to drive my heart now listen when he faced when Donald faced oh my gosh Conor McGregor I lost my mind there for a second I was obviously versed for Conor but I didn't, and I didn't think that that fight was going to go like that. But I think that there has so much, so much potential in that fight. I'm going to be honest with you, and this is going to be my hot take for the night. I think that, I think that Donald absolutely destroys Anthony Pettis. I'm going to go ahead and call it here. I think that I think that Cowboy goes in there and beats the ever living shit out of him, and it's not mm-hmm. going to be close. I think that. 
Anthony has shown that he gets hit a lot and that he's a good and he's going to bleed. I think that Donald is going to be just ferocious and he's going to kick the shit out of him. And I'm sorry for the cursing, but this is AYS After Dark and we can do that. And that he's going to beat the absolute shit out of him. Mike Basile in there, one of our sponsors. Mike, I think he's going to clap him. Okay, I think he's going to beat the shit out of him. Daniel, you're going to sit here and tell me that I'm wrong, and I get that. Yeah, I hope you're right. Because if you're right, we get to see more Cerrone fights. So I'm, I know I you're right. <laughs> I but know. I'm, for this time, I'm letting my brain dictate my heart on this one. If if my heart was picking, I would definitely take Cerrone. I get it. I get it. But you know who Donald Cerrone couldn't beat? <laughs> you know who Donald Cerrone couldn't beat? Uh-huh. Greg Hardy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, look. I think that Donald Cerrone is going to do good. I hope he wins. But going to the main card where we're going to spend most of our time. Look, Listen. I get that Greg Hardy is in the main card for the first time. Correct. It's the first time, right? Yeah. Bro, I'm going to tell you something. Everyone hates me for saying this, Daniel. Everyone hates me for saying this. DeCastro better watch out because I feel like Greg Hardy has nothing to lose and everything to gain. I feel like I feel like Greg Hardy is going to come out there, and what we've seen is is that if he has worked on his stamina, he is going to light someone up. Now, the question is is can he go in there with a steel a skill fighter and actually actually do something when he's outmatched when it comes to experience? When it comes to Greg Hardy and DeCastro, your thoughts? I think Jorgen DeCastro is the lamb being led to the slaughter. I mean, there, Dana White knows what he's doing, making these matchups. He knows that Greg Hardy is a name. He's from NFL fame. I mean, he's had his legal issues. But Dana White's going to prop him up for as long as he can until it's finally time for him to fight a top 10 opponent. I mean, I've seen Jorgen DeCastro. I mean, he got his start on the Dana White Contender Series. That's he right. won his fight by leg kicks. I mean, he's got some dangerous leg kicks. Greg Hardy better watch that. But I just don't see anything Jordan has that Greg Hardy could worry about. Well, uh, um, I think that Jorgen has more experience. So I'm not going to say that there's nothing that Greg shouldn't work watch out for. I think when you have a guy that's been doing this more – and correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong here, but if someone's been fighting longer than you have uh, – uh, let me back up. Is DeCastro in a position where he's, like you said, a lamb to a slaughter? Yes. But to completely out just outdo him on that I think is a little – a little far-fetched, but I, I'm with I, I'm with you that I feel like Greg Hardy is going to go in there, and I really believe, and there's a lot of people who are betting that says first or second round KO for Hardy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the safest pick on this whole car. That's the safest prop bet. First round, Greg Hardy KO. Mm-hmm. By far. I mean, yeah, your organ has more fights, but just because you have more fights doesn't mean you're more experienced. Let's take, let's look at this from like a college football perspective. Just because he's Face a lot of cupcakes doesn't mean he's fought people of quality, you know? I mean, Greg Hardy, he's had his fights. Almost every single fight he's had has been under the UFC banner. 
Guys, do be disadvised on the Are You Serious tag. The YouTube stream is back up. If you want to go ahead and stay here, if you're here, go right on ahead. We appreciate you joining. Everyone that's here, go ahead and hit that like and hit that share. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Mike Bazile said, what's in the cup, Blake? It is water. It is water. I'm going to go ahead and give a testimonial. Someone that watches the show called Mike Bazile today or last week and they did a lot of planning today. They're getting stuff in in order. Mike, we greatly appreciate you joining us. And they're getting all their financial needs in order. So, Mike, water. Go grab a, another <laughs> source of water. I think it's no, about I that time for that. me. Well, Daniel, are you sipping on anything or what? Uh, no, but if my wife is watching this stream, I would love for her to go get me a beer out of the fridge. Nothing like a request to Facebook Live for a beer. I'm, I wish I could do that, but <laughs> that's if she's watching. Though. I need a uh, paging system. Well, I, what I think Daniel is that she got in on the very early. She hit that like and she hit that share, and she she went to bed saying, "Not only do I get to bed to myself right now, like what my wife's probably saying, but I probably get it for the you know a, a good part of the night tomorrow because UFC two forty nine's on, right? Oh, absolutely! Like as soon as that main card hits at nine o'clock, <laughs> whew, I'm gonna have that whole living room to myself most likely, and. Someone commented, Mike Basile back again. He said, Mom, the meat love. Talking yeah. about you, Daniel. Saying, <laughs> hey, I'm about to call my Alexa and page it. Uh, Chelsea, please report to the studio. With the Boom. Beer, please. Boom. She brought yeah, it. Wow. She How about it. that? How about that? I don't know what she's doing in there. Bud Light is not a, a corporate sponsor of Are You Serious? So everyone watch it. Bud Light is not a corporate sponsor. Post Malone wouldn't like that. He would, but let's hope that they are. <laughs> now, listen, Daniel, I, I'm going to skip the Jeremy Stevens fight, okay? Because, right. well, you know what, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and just be quiet. Tell me about the Jeremy Stevens fight. Well, Jeremy Stevens came in overweight, and Calvin Cater is uh, a prospect on the rise. And in my opinion, this is this is my pick for fight of the night. When people watch this, they're just going to see absolute violence on their TV. I mean, well, these gonna... guys are going to come out both guns ablaze, and that's just their style in your face. I'm, yeah, that's right. I want to go home with that bonus money at your expense. That's both of their attitude. But in this fight, I'm t taking Jeremy Steele. I'm taking the experience over the rising prospect. Here's why I wanted to skip it. So let me justify why I wanted to do that. Okay. It bugs me at times, and I know that, and I probably shouldn't feel this way right now, Daniel, because of the COVID-19 and everything that's going on, but brother, he missed about five and a half damn pounds. Like, yeah. for everyone that's that doesn't watch fighting religiously, I mean, Daniel, give us a comparison of someone coming in five and a half pounds off, like, in normal times, that wouldn't fly. Like... I'm not sure if Dan if Dana wouldn't cut a son of a gun because he came in five pounds overweight. Now, you know, it's Dana, and I guess it depends on the fighter. But that's a big deal. And I think that Jeremy Stevens, this is an asterisk fight. I think that 
if if Jeremy wins and beats a ever living god dog, you know what, out of Calvin, that it's going to have an asterisk on it no matter what because of the five pounds. And people say, well, it's just five pounds. But in fighting terms, that's a big deal. Daniel, am I right or am I wrong there? Five pounds makes the world a difference. Uh, to put it in perspective, if you ever watch the NFL Combine and they do these little ghost runs during the 40 time you see like this guy ran a four two five let's compare him to the guy who ran the four three that guy who ran the four two five absolutely dusted the guy who ran the four three right exactly so it's just like that i mean and coming from a, a grappling experience i i do brazilian jiu-jitsu a lot and i've grappled guys my own size and if i get somebody who's 10 pounds heavier than me on me, it feels like a lead blanket, especially when you're tired. It's just that weight is just too much sometimes. I'm sorry I went off cam, but Mike Bazil, who is the financial advisor, I think, Doobie, you just laughed at that on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> Daniel, our main, one of our main sponsors, Mike Bazil. Mike Bazil. Look, y'all need to connect. Y'all got to connect. But anyway, Mike Bazil says you can curse. It's AYS After Dark. Sponsor Mike Bazil Financial, and I will cover the fines. So you know what? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I need the, the clip of Vince Vaughn saying muffs on old school when he's talking around the kids, and you can say, you know, he runs through the, the words you can say. You can go ahead and do it, but uh, I need to put that, pitch that on through. I'm not though. I know it made me think of that though. Mike, there won't be enough. There won't be a fine. You can curse when you're on Facebook Live. Listen, we're gonna get through these, and then we're gonna get on out of here. But Francis and Ganu, there is the the leak and the the story that he deleted a post of him head kicking someone. I'm going to tell you this. You called the Jeremy Stevens fight the fight of the night. I feel like Francis Ngannou versus the alphabet soup that he's going up against. You probably can pronounce a name that I am that I can't say. For but future I, reference, the Yarazino Rosenstrike. Yeah, well, Rosenstrike is about to get striked the hell out of here, and he's about to get the shit beat out of him by Francis Ngannou, who I feel like is about to get the shit beat out of him. And you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I know with a video that I just saw, and I feel like France is about to destroy that son of a gun. I'm picking Nagano. I'm going on the record. I'm picking Nagano, but this is my upset watch right here. This is my upset watch. Rosenstrike is the one who called out Nagano, and you got to be a crazy son of a bitch to call out Francis Nagano. <laughs> I mean, you got to have like a, a whole different level of confidence that you're going to beat this guy if you're calling him out. And Rosenstrike, I mean, the dude's got dynamite in his hands. <laughs> Mike Brazil said I, he'd cover one fine, not 78 of them. <laughs> keep going, <laughs> keep going. You're fine. Keep but, going. Uh, I mean, I could see this being fight of the night, but in my opinion, for it to be fight of the night, it has to go for longer than a minute. I think this is going to end in less than a minute. With I can see both guys having their hand raised. I can see Rosenstrike knocking Nagano. I can see Nagano sparking Rosenstrike. But I would not be surprised at all if Rosenstrike knocked him I, out. I would. I would. I, would. I, I think Francis goes in there and beats the absolute dog shit out of him. All right, look, we're going to get to the two main fights of the night. 
I'm going to start off here. Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz. Now, Dominic Cruz at the 135, the bantamweight division, has had a lot of injuries. Now, he has the most title defenses, the most title defenses in the bantamweight division at seven, I believe. Right, Daniel? Um, Yeah. So here's what I'm going to say. This is the heart versus mind part of this too. Henry Cejudo is one of the most cockiest son of a son of a guns that I've ever seen in my life. If you thought that Conor McGregor was cocky, this little five foot seven guy will very, very much show you that he's much more cockier than what Conor McGregor was. Here's what I think. I think that Cejudo in the first round of his last fight in that title fight, he got his legs destroyed in that first round, okay? It was a lot like Mighty Mouse, where Mighty Mouse uh, Johnson completely destroyed his legs. I think that Dominic Cruz poses probably the biggest threat. He, and, and listen, and hear me out here, even more than Mighty Mouse because of the weight difference than what than what Henry Cejudo has seen. I think that Dominic Cruz is more technical. I think that Dominic Dominic Cruz is bigger and more physical than what Cejudo... (laughs) You didn't notice all this fight talk, so I had to put the baddest dude in the world. Baddest. The baddest of the bad. I had to put him in front front and center. I I want your boy Ninja Star. I want your boy Ninja Star. (laughs) Give me a Ninja Chop. Look when he him, throws man. the Lethal. when he throws when he throws the- <laughs> look at the technique right here look uh, at the technique a Judy chop man like it's throwing Daniel, me back in my so, seat watching it so hot take if if I was doing MMA that's exactly what I'd look like anywho I feel like that my heart tells me Cruz. My mind tells me Cejudo just completely out physicals him and completely destroys him on the mat. What's your take on that fight? If the oh, let me back up. This is a point that's not being made in the media at all. They're fighting at the UFC Apex, right? Because mm-hmm. of all this COVID nineteen, they can't go in the big arenas. Well, the UFC Apex is home to the smaller octagon. Not many people know that. Correct. The diameter of a normal UFC octagon, I think, is like 30 feet. And the small and the smaller octagon is 25 feet. And that's a I'm talking about diameter all across. And if my memory serves me correctly, the last time that octagon was used was when UFC was in New Orleans. And there's 12 fight there was 12 fights on that card. Only two went to decision. Smaller fight and a smaller ring equals more stoppages. However, this puts Dominic Cruz at a significant disadvantage because Dominic Cruz, the best tool in his toolbox is his movement. And with that five feet gone from that diameter, he's not going to be able to get his footwork going. He's not going to be able to cut his angles. So it's going to give the smaller guy, Henry Cejudo, who's a much better grappler, an Olympic wrestler, gold medalist, it's going to put him at a huge advantage. So my brain is saying Henry Cejudo by TKO within like the first two rounds. But my heart is saying Dominic Cruz because he's like one of my all-time favorite fighters. He has like one of the best minds in all of MMA. Well, here's why I think what Dominic Cruz or where he has the advantage is, is that I think that, again, when you have so much time outside of the ring, 
you have so much to prepare for. I don't think Cejudo is going to look at the end of the day. So I don't know if the UFC would allow Cejudo to lose this fight. If we're being honest, I, I, I know the conspiracy theories and shit and I, I get all that, but I'm going to go ahead and say this on your new Orleans point. Look at me. They're doing new Orleans. It's going to be sooner rather than later. And you might be asking yourself the question. Well, what about the COVID-19 stuff? Trust me. Trust me, trust me. I feel like they do a New Orleans card sooner rather than later. I don't think that these. I don't think that the. I'm glad you brought that up because five years ago, uh, at the UFC Fight Night weigh-ins in New Orleans, me and a friend of mine, we got backstage by lying, saying that we had press passes. The guy just said, "Okay, you can go." He even asked for the press passes, so we just got backstage. We met all sorts of fighters, and. We met Dana White. We got pictures with him and everything. I said, Dana, when's the next time you come to New Orleans? He's like, not until I get the Superdome. So we will be getting a Superdome show pretty soon. He said that's on his bucket list to get UFC in that dome. Just trust me on this. I don't care what Contrail says. Okay. The fight, the fight island. Okay. I know that there's been some talks about maybe an island on the south coast of Louisiana. Okay. Let me say this. If there is an island on the south coast of Louisiana that they go to, us three are getting in Doobie's truck, and we're going down there, and Daniel's paying the ticket because I... Just to get UFC back in Louisiana, I would pay my entire mortgage for a ticket. I, I would go too. Now, listen... Some of these fights, I feel like when we sit here and we break them down, it's going to be a wash. But here's what's not a wash. Tony Ferguson, Al Kukui. I said that right. Al Kukui. Yeah, Al Kukui. Justin Gaethje. I'm going to tell you this. As much as I think that Tony Ferguson is going to win this fight, I think that Tony gets hit a lot. I think that Justin Gaethje's got the hands of bricks. Okay, now... As much as I want Tony to win, to unify, unify a belt against Khabib, and I don't feel like we're ever going to get that fight now that what's that, five times that they've tried to fight? Five it times it's been canceled. That's the most cursed matchup in combat sports history. It, and it's not even close. Tell him, to, tell him to get on stream, Doobie. Tell him to get on stream. Tell him that if he does not get on stream, that we're going to wrestle. I do some wrestling. He doesn't have a, my microphone, unfortunately, is like mounted. Well, Doobie, Doobie, get him on the stream. Give him the headphones and tell him to say what's up to the people because I have a very interesting question I want to ask him. Uh, Let's see. <laughs> Hold on one second, Daniel. We're getting back to Tony yeah. versus Justin. Trust me. And okay, I think I'm pretty sure he can hear you. Okay, Parker. Yeah. Uh oh, it's a little bit of an echo. You are good friends with one guy, Kyler Murray, the starting quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. So. Friends, I knew of him because we went to the same. No, I heard y'all. I heard y'all were best friends. So here's the question I have: 
Scale of one to ten, how big of a bitch is Kyler Murray ready to go? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he played for Allen. Uh, All right, answer me this. That was a tough question. Your first time on a live stream. Here's a tough question. He's a Razorback, answer- by the way. Yeah, so Wu Pig Sui, just to give you an idea, LSU had more guys drafted in the first, or, or, or had more guys, well, even in the first round, but LSU had more guys drafted in the NFL draft in which y'all had wins in three seasons. Anywho, tell me this, and I'm being serious when I ask you this. Now, there's a lot of questions about Kyler, uh, and Daniel's peeking in on this because we're, we're veering off on some, uh, on some football talk, but... Kyler being a very cocky individual. Can you put that to rest or is what people saying maybe have a little bit of legs there? Um, I don't know so much. In high school, uh I never really heard like him say too much or people like spread word that he was a cocky individual. But like I did hear, however, it doesn't really <laughs> relate to football so much i just knew that he was a high maintenance individual uh and there it is i heard that like uh during tests he actually had a portable fan on okay so breaking news everyone go ahead and like and share this that kyler murray has to have a portable van when he takes a test which means that when he's studying the playbook he probably also has to have a manicure going at the exact same time and has to have a portable van parker we greatly enjoy it uh thank you for coming on i'm just messing with you parker now doobie did tell me now i am being serious that you play a little bit of rugby Tell us where you're at and tell us what universe you're at and, and, and share what you want with, with everyone that's on. Now, I, I get that we only have some small views, but we'll have probably 2,000 views on this. So tell everyone, give a shout-out to the mom and dad. Give a shout-out to the girlfriend. Maybe she'll give you a hug and a kiss. But where are you at? What do you do? Well, before he speaks, so he's my cousin, obviously my aunt. She's an LSU graduate, diehard LSU fan. He grew up watching LSU and everything, but – Somehow no, he the, ends up in Fayetteville. At the end of the day, you allowed someone to go to Arkansas, <laughs> Doobie, to Arkansas. There's no excuse. Well, Louisiana <laughs> is a little bit overpriced over there. Um, Out of state tuition? For sure. Wow. It's ridiculous. Okay. How? Well, I, so you said a lot of out-of-state tuition? Yeah, out-of-state tuition is a little bit high. End. Wow. So Arkansas was able to grant me a little bit of love, and I was able to get in-state tuition after my first semester. Walmart, if you're watching, we are taking sponsors. Walmart, <laughs> we're taking sponsors. Especially down aisle five. Hunter, what's going on, buddy? He, he had to join in. Well, we greatly appreciate it. Hunter and Parker, we greatly appreciate you guys joining. So the last question I have for you, Parker, is rugby is a lot like football, okay? In a sense. Physicality-wise, football more physical than rugby, or is rugby more physical than football? Um, I think that could be taken both ways because with football, you got all the padding, so you don't care how hard you go at somebody. You're just going to be all right. With rugby, you actually have a sense that, oh, if I hit that guy too hard, I could flip my own head over. How, how many state championships did you do at Allen? At 
Allen. I only. Yeah, so they, 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 what, how many did y'all have? Yeah, he's breaking uh, six, a little eight. bit in and out. Yeah, maybe, it's, a, so it's the microphone. Sh- you got to be right up on it. But I know uh, Allen at one point, and y'all, like, three years of straight winning so, two state championships in a row or. Starting for me in seventh grade was when Kyler first came for his sophomore year. And, that's and he was five foot five at that point, right? <laughs> he was pretty short. <laughs> 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 but, uh, him, starting, him coming up and starting there, he won back to back three times in a row state champs for Allen. He did. And then he did. Then my sophomore year, they went to. Sorry. Then my sophomore year, they went to um the semifinals two years in a row and got, and got beat. Yeah, semifinals two mm-hmm. years in a row and got beat. Everyone's like, "Oh, we need Kyler this and that." And then my senior year, we won state champs for our football team in Texas. That's right. Well, look, Kyler's really good. I mean, there's just a lot of rumors. Yeah. There's just a lot of rumors. But listen, we're about to get off the the, the show. I'm going to ask Daniel a couple more questions. So, Parker, Hunter, I greatly appreciate y'all joining. <laughs> thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. And, and and thank you. And we're all praying for you guys and what everything's going on. Now, Daniel, we're going to get on. We're, we're going to get out of here on this. Mike Bazil asked, Daniel, what kind of beer are you sipping? Playa. Just a average Bud Light. <laughs> Just an average Bud Light. So look, let's but get tomorrow, back. On. But tomorrow I'm drinking like the real stuff, the good beer, the craft beer. I'm carb loading for a marathon of fights. Oh, okay. Carb loading. And, and Colomer, if you are currently watching, uh, put the wine cooler down. Not cool, dude. Oh. <laughs> He's drinking a wine cooler. He's a wine. Is he a wine cooler guy? that's what i was about to say kyle looks like the guy that he goes to the to a, a, a wine loft and he swirls his wine and he sniffs it and he goes mm, this smells good knowing good and damn well he has no idea what good wine smells like and then anyway. he goes and shops at what's that store with all the candles and stuff that's and like, oh, uh, first off, first oh, off, yeah, he definitely yeah. has a Yankee candle collection. First yeah. off, you do not talk about Bed Bath and Beyond that no, way. No, no, not that one. Time, it's, uh... The next time someone comes on the show and says anything negative about Bed Bath and Beyond, it's forcibly off the show. Which one are you talking about, Dibby? <laughs> it's oh man, they got one Bath off and Body of, Works. No, it's Bath off of Louisiana works. Avenue in um, Lafayette, next to like Academy and everything. Like oh, I don't know. Oh, dude, they sell like decorations, and it all—it smells really good. Like practically, it's straight. It's the Lifetime Movie Network of of like a shopping center. It's just pretty much women. But what is it called? I think Doobie's the true candle fan here. <laughs> and my wife is too. My candle. My wife is too. Beer and cigarettes, Parker. Oh, okay. She did. Megan did get this like a. Uh, uh, what was it like a um, vanilla marshmallow candle one time? I ain't gonna lie, I fell in love with that thing. Like I wanted to bathe in that thing, and that's no, that's no. Uh, I'm, I can't say the word on live. Look, we're about to get on here on here, Daniel Tony Ferguson. We didn't get to yours. I feel like Justin Gaethje is. Tony gets hit a lot. Right, and I feel like right. Gaethje has huge. Oh, Colin Thibodeau says Kirkland's. 
Thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's it. I so, knew. I knew. I knew good that, damn well that Colin Thibodeau would know. Thank you, Colin. That is exactly what I was thinking, dude. I just couldn't think you of it. You candle-sniffing son of a gun. <laughs> he clips his Michael, little coupons Michael and he hits chill, them up. Blake. <laughs> hey, man. But listen, Gaethje's got uh, a sh- Look, we, we got to get here. We got to get here and we got to end it. Gaethje's got a shit ton of power. Okay, Tony takes a lot of hits, but is probably the most unorthodox or orthodox person in MMA, of all MMA, not just UFC. I think Tony goes in there and makes a point. I think that he's got a point to make when it comes to the title. I think that Gaethje, though, I think if he could connect on some good couple good punches, I think Tony goes down. I think Gaethje can really, really hit him, and I think he can get him in trouble. The question is... Daniel, what everyone probably wants to know, and what look, I'm buying the fight. Doobie's coming over. I hope he's going to make a trip over to the to Albany. Maybe, maybe not. But Daniel, or you can too, man. What, what, what do you think about this fight? Because I, I'm so, I think that this is going to be the fight of the night. See, I've been back and forth on this fight a lot. If this was, in, like I said, the normal octagon, I'm taking Tony because he can. Tony's best tool is his angles. He'll cut an angle, and he'll slice you up with an elbow. That's what he does. That's his best move. And I was so confident that Tony was going to re- win the original matchup back when it was scheduled for T-Mobile Arena that mm-hmm. I made a bet with uh, UFC fighter Kurt Hollibach that if – Dude, we got a little bit of an echo. Keep going, Dan. I bet Kurt Hollibach that if Ferguson loses to Gaethje – that I'll go for like an hour-long spar with him. That's how confident <laughs> I was in Tony Ferguson. But then the news broke ahead to fight in the UFC Apex. I'm like, ooh, no, that kind of favors Gaethje a whole lot more. So I canceled that bet. So I'm taking Gaethje well, on this one because I think he's going to lead the dance. He already said that Gaethje himself came out and said, look, if this goes past four and five, I'm in trouble. So Gaethje's going in there. He's going to lead the dance. He's going to try to spark tony quick fast in a hurry because that's his only shot well and two and two with a smaller ring like you what what you touched about gaethje's gonna go in there and try to cut off corners right he's gonna oh jesus (laughs) 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 jesus christ um (laughs) i don't know what they're laughing at ladies and gentlemen you know exactly what we're laughing at, Jesus Christ. Let's end this before you before you do it, and we'll touch on the Earl Thomas subject, I promise. All right, listen. I think with a smaller ring, I think that he's going to try to cut off Tony when he's moving. Mm-hmm. I think you're right that he's going to put all, put on pressure, and I think that that, that helps Gaethje a lot. I, I Look, Tony's in trouble here. Okay, no one's taking it. Okay, I think Tony's in trouble. But I think that you're right. If and, and I'm not even going to say fourth and fifth. I think if if Gaethje gets the third, fourth, and fifth, that that he's in a he's in a lot of problems and he's in a lot of trouble. Here's the thing with Tony that that why I'm going to take him is that Tony again is the most unorthodox human being in the UFC. So I feel like if there's a guy that can overcome this versus a power punching guy, it's going to be Tony Ferguson. Now here's the question. 
Justin Gaethje is a great wrestler, but we have not seen him do it a lot in the UFC. Actually, believe it or not, I looked this up. There's only been like three times where Gaethje in his MMA career has gone to the mat, like meaning like actual wrestling. Okay. You don't do it a lot in real live action. I feel like even though you train it a lot, you get rusty. I think that there's something there, Daniel, that he could take him down and probably start working on him. It, it, I might be out of line there, but am I right? When you have to go live action and you don't do it and you're trying to punch your way out of stuff, do you think that that's a, a, a an avenue for Tony? Um. The biggest myth in MMA right now, in my opinion, is Justin Gaethje's wrestling. We hear all this, oh, he's an all-American wrestler. He's an all-American wrestler. But when he was in World Series of Fighting, he got taken down a lot by just guys who were striking-based, who had no wrestling pedigree. So I think his, his wrestling credentials is a little bit overrated. But I, I could be wrong. I mean, I've never been in the gym with a guy, so... I have no idea. Well, but I, I'm like I'm like I'm my guts telling me that Justin's wrestling's all it's cracked up to be because if someone is as decorated as him at wrestling, he would use it a lot more instead of getting Homer Simpson to where he just takes all the beatings <laughs> in the world and just well, goes and knocks them out. Well, it's one thing about wrestling, like a Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier can wrestle, but there's a lot of times that Daniel can't get you in these unorthodox submission takedowns. Like, I mean, how many times has Daniel Cormier done an arm bar? How many times has he done all these different moves, Kimura, whatever it might be, okay, where I think that Tony could get him in some trouble there. And so I'm gonna, you're taking Justin, correct? Correct, but if it goes to the ground, I'm 100% sure that Tony's going to submit him because the original matchup could be versus Tony. I was going to bet a whole bunch of money on Tony because I think I think he has the exact blueprint to beat Khabib, which is fighting off his back. And in MMA, you'll never see somebody fight off their back as well as, as, Tony, well Ferguson. as Tony Ferguson. You're right. Now, I mean, he, he goes up submissions. He'll cut you from underneath with those elbows. So... That's why I really, I really want Tony to win, just so I can just point my finger in people's chest and say, I told you that Tony could beat Khabib. Now, listen, let's do this, and we'll end it. And so do we get the picture ready, I guess, of Earl Thomas, and we'll touch on that before we leave out. And we really got to leave out after Wh- which this. Which one you want, the original? Yeah, do the original. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Listen, do you want to bet, Daniel, a six pack, whatever beer that you like versus a pint or maybe even a fifth. And I'll go Hamsies with you on the fifth. Cause I know that it can be expensive. So I mean, I'm even taking more of the brunt here. Would you take Justin Gaethje for a six pack versus a fifth with our, where I pay half and I take Tony, would you make that bet? I'll make that bet. Okay. So Tony Ferguson is going to win. You owe me. Uh, and I, when I talk about a fifth, I'm talking about a hundred dollar. That's fine. I, mean, I hope joking. Tony was. That's like me paying for Tony to win just so we can finally get Tony Khabib. All right. Well, we got the bet. So Doobie, you've been putting it up. Jesus, we're going to get kicked off of YouTube and Facebook. Go ahead and run it. 
transition to it. Oof. And there it is. Which is the greatest te- greatest brother tag team of all time? You have the Hardy brothers. I don't know who's in the top left. And you oh, have that's the Steiner brothers. That's oh, that is the Steiner back brothers. in the days. And then you have Earl Thomas and his brother. If you hadn't seen the news, Earl Thomas's wife in April, in the month of April, pulled the gun on him after she found his location off of Snapchat and pointed a gun in his face. Now, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> what a hell of a meme! Listen, did you see today? Where I wanted to go, I wanted to go here. Did you see today where the? Uh, oh, is that a collar one? Ah. Uh. I don't know. Like, it's ET, is that man. Kyler Murray? No, that's ET Murray. What? Hmm? Here goes. I just I just came across this. Look, so someone. here's the thing. <laughs> so here's the thing. Kyler Murray is not much taller than that basket. Much left <laughs> is he taller than ET? But listen, I'm not going to trash on Earl Thomas. So, did you saw where the Ravens said that they're going to waive his contract? Man, that's garbage if they do that. Well, he's he's technically the victim, if we're being Yeah, I mean, honest. he just... I mean, he, the only thing he did wrong was not practice social... That's very much <laughs> true. That's very much true. Guys, we're going to go ahead and get out here. We have Daniel Dees from the Dad Network. Follow him. He just got a Facebook page. I, tried to, I told him to get a Facebook page. He finally got it. Daniel, get a MySpace, too, please. Oh, Jesus Christ. I've been campaigning for MySpace to make that comeback for years. I would love to create a MySpace page. That's funny. Yes, indeed. My name is Blake Graffino, and on the bottom we have Parker. Park, what's Parker's last name? Scene. Parker Scene. Parker Scene and our main man, Doobie Lane, back on the ones and twos. Guys, do not bother me tomorrow night. Me and Daniel are going to be watching UFC 249. Hopefully, Doobie will as well. My name is Blake Rufino. This is Are You Serious? Have a good night and have a good weekend. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.